0: Hello and welcome to another exciting <coughs> instalment of the Big PESA podcast. That's right, the Big PP. Um, still not officially named, but I thought as the... Uh, unfortunately, we got family, I guess, as you could say, is that sort of time of year. So I think I've got one last morning before my house becomes descended upon... And unfortunately we all tested negative, so we're very negative this um, period of time. Um, which some people like to call a celebration, um, not sure what we call it. Um, most of us have worked our lives throughout the holiday season because of, well, we don't have any... Oh, I'm actually currently standing in my well working in the catering industry you tend to work all the holidays anyway um the world spins on its axis where one man works and another relaxes anyway welcome to my podcast that's right for the next 20 or so ish minutes you'll hear me rambling on about today's subject and today's subject is not about camping, like I previously promised in the previous episode. It is actually going to be about commuting in the wintertime. So what can I tell you about commuting in the wintertime on a motorcycle? Well, now I'm one of these people who has commuted for many, many years throughout the winter on a motorbike or throughout the entire year on two wheels. And I'm not talking about just that three-mile or four-mile or five-mile journey to work and back. I'm talking about a good 20 miles. That's right. I used to travel up to just the outskirts of London every day. I did that for, well, um, quite a few number of years. But I've also commuted to, well, my localer places of work as well, um, but yes, for the longest time, for a long time, I was travelling to the outskirts of London, which, looking back on it, was a little bit silly, I guess you could say, because I it was a lot of uh, money, shall we say, to uh, spend on uh, petrol and stuff to do that. However, I did it, and uh, I'm going to share my tips, I guess, with winter riding um so first of all you get to the autumn section where the summer time is absolutely fine no problem in the summer the bike's running good and everything no problems at all then i think it goes to autumn still not too much of an issue then comes to december the sun's gone that's the first challenge the light is low and especially the route i was taking was back country roads the entire way my entire route was 20 something miles I can't remember exactly 22 miles there and the route I took had zero and I mean zero at the time zero traffic lights there was no traffic lights one um crossing which is um where the train goes across and the the barriers come down I had one of them and I would hit that train coming home from work most of the time. Not on the way to, um, but coming home would be the uh, the usual thing. At the moment today, by the way, I am currently changing the oil on my uh, CT, um, Honda CT, um, because um, I want to make sure I can do it, for starters. And secondly, yes, I think I might have to take the... <laughs> I've just noticed I might have to take the uh, bash plate off to be able to change the oil, which is incredibly annoying, but I will uh, digress. So yes, back on with the topic at hand, which is winter riding. (laughs) Yes, so winter riding, um, yeah. I had all the miles and no traffic lights, uh, which also meant no street lights. So the darkness was not pleasant. Um, I did fit spotlights to my bike, which did help. Help me see a bit better, which is something that you possibly might want to do. But if you're commuting in towns and stuff, you won't need that because you've got streetlights. But you also have a lot more car drivers as well. Um, Did I enjoy the commute? I did to a point. It's not too bad in December months. It's when we get to the, the, the hard part, which would say would be the... Not the hardest part, but... Definitely once you get to January, that's when the ice starts to appear. And that's when it starts to get a little bit hairy. So in my opinion, this is where... Stupidity, I think. Now, where I worked, there was no public transportation. A vehicle was required. Not having a car in the winter months to get there a big issue however on some days it was actually the other way around it was actually laughing because a couple of days i was the only one who actually got to work um and it's like i hang on i came 20 odd miles and i got to work you live approximately four miles away and you didn't get to work or you couldn't be bothered um people would literally panic and run home where i used to work was on top of a very high hill and snow made the road impassable. People would have to park their car somewhere at the bottom of the hill and walk up because most of the cars wouldn't make it. The um, the uh, I guess you could say the maintenance people, uh, they had four by fours and uh, nothing stopped them from driving up. In fact, they, I think they offered to tow the manager down the hill once because he got stuck. So they said, yeah, we'll, we'll tow you down the hill or, you know, provide an anchor so, oh, oil's coming out now. Lovely. Mmm, that smell of oil. Mm. Anyway, um. so yes, yeah, so driving in the uh, winter conditions. So let's think. You wake up one morning and it's been a particularly cold night and you've got a frost and ice and off you go to work now. I would say that now, nowadays, um, I, have, I don't need to use a vehicle to get to work. Um, so if it is a frosty morning, I don't take it. But back then, I did. No matter what, I was on the bike. And I had a lot of close calls where I lost the back end of the bike or very gently gave it a little bit of acceleration, and the back end just came... It came yeah, On a straight road, the back end just started to go. Um, and, and I've... Yeah, just buying a little bit of power, not even giving it full throttle, just pulling away. The back end has come skidding out on me uh, and managed to find grip and carry on going. But at the same time, I've also had it the other way, where it's just lost me. And I have come off and gone down the road bowling the bike down the road it has happened bowling the bike down the road um, two instances i'd say were pretty bad um, out of the years i did it Uh, and the only reason that these stick out in my mind is because i was actually injured the other times the bike went bowling down the road i was unscathed or the bike had minimal damage so let's take the honda crf for instance going to work on that one morning and um, it was the first like rainfall because, you know, this is like December. So just when it's the roads start to get cold, you've lost that initial grip that in the summertime you had. And for some reason, I went round and roundabout. about. I do not know what happened exactly. Maybe I hit a diesel sp- patch or something. But I took the corner like I normally do. Um, and suddenly the back end stepped out and went all the way out, overtook the front wheel, left me landing on my right buttock. My right buttock took the brunt of the impact, and I slid on my... Now, both of my buttocks were on the ground, and then uh, kind of like sitting, sort of like leaning back position, slid along the road, and uh, uh, clumped into the curb. My arm, my left arm, had slid... Long to the road and I had smashed into the curb. That was my body. Um, I had a very minor mark on my arm from the, uh, the incident. I was wearing, a, uh, of course, a full jacket with the, the armour and stuff. And uh, the jacket was pretty much unscathed. The trousers, not so much. Um, but they didn't go through, nothing went through, but they lost their waterproofness, as I found out a few weeks later when it was raining. But they, the trousers held up incredibly well. Uh, the bike, Bold down the road, um, both wing mirrors. Um, it decided to go um, down on its right because it was a, a like a low slider, and then it caught grip and flipped the other way around. So it, it took both sides. Uh, both hand guards um, were bent and broken, but it saved the levers. And uh, I did actually just manage to repair them and bend them back into shape enough that I could bolt them back to the bike and they they were on the bike still forever. So that was uh, some very nice Zeta handguards that actually took a massive brunt. I was so shocked at how well they, they held up. Um, so yeah, I was really impressed with that. I was really impressed. Really impressed. All right, just going to... Getting this oil out of the bike. There we are. That's all the oil gone. Right, so... um, I was very impressed with that. So that was one of the major ones, I'd say. Uh, That was like the when it's the wet time. But then when you get a bit later on, of course, into the January time, that's when the frost comes and the ice. Now, when the ice is all here, that's a big problem because you're going along the road, you see the ice sometimes, you sometimes don't. And, yeah... um, one particular morning, it was a Sunday morning. I remember this. Like unfortunately, it was yesterday because it was quite a, an interesting or a, an interesting morning, one I wouldn't forget. It was going along the road, and it had just been after a storm. So we had a storm the previous the night before, and I was on the way to work on a Sun Sunday morning, bright and early, and the sun was low because you have that low sun in the morning. So a bit hard to see where you're going. So anyway, I went down this road. Oh, there was a tree down. It was a freezing morning. The tree was down and blocking the road. So I said, to, well, I thought to myself, well, that's a bit of a doozy of a pickle. I had to turn round. So I turned round. This is, this is before the police had been down to close the road or whatever, because uh, it was that early in the morning. And the sun is very low. And as I was coming back along the road, I was like, well, I need to take this right to go round. Um, and I was taking the right and as I went to turn right I was on ice so I leant to go around the right the bike decided well I I kind of understand where you want to go I know you want to make this turn Um, but unfortunately I have no grip on the front wheel so I'm decided to I'm going to hit the ground and throw you on the ground as well and we went down together and uh, my uh, ribs took a a massive blow that was uh my left ribs and my right leg somehow got t- tucked up in with the rear wheel of the bike which was not pleasant um not a pleasant feeling at all and and this is not i'm not an, at that point i'm i was not a new rider i had been riding for many many years and the ice in the countryside had completely caught me off guard um you know, this is probably about a year of me riding to work and just having to deal with ice and stuff was not was not normal for me. So I I was shocked. Um, I wasn't thinking straight after that crash, but I literally pulled myself from underneath the bike and a car was driving along and I kind of like waved to them as I had literally just pulled myself out I literally got up, a car was driving along, I waved and they just carried on driving. And I was like, I'm having trouble breathing here. I mean, I did have the wind knocked out of me and this car driver drew off, drove off. And the worst thing, well, the embarrassing thing for them was they drove down the road I just drove down, which was a road closed. So there's no way they would get through. So they'll be back in a minute, back in about five minutes they will be because they'll get to the end of the road, realise they can't go any further and have to come back. Fortunately, though, in that time, somebody had pulled up and said, oh, you all right, mate? I said, yeah. I was I was incredibly injured at that point. I was like, yeah. Um, can you just give me a, a hand? um, Pulling my bike up. That'd be great if you could just do that. He goes, are you all right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, l- l- let me just get up and get to work. <laughs> and Thinking about it now, I probably should have not carried on going to work. Um, but at that point, I didn't quite, you know. After a crash, you're not thinking straight. Um, and uh, the guy helped me to get the bike up. I said, "Yeah, just be careful. It's a bit heavy." you've got the bike up, and we pushed the bike to you know the side of the road just to give it a quick check over. I was like, "Yeah, it's fine." I got on the bike. It's like, "Oh." And there was a big old scratch from the on my helmet from when I hit the ground, like a big, big scratch, especially across the visor. In the, like, uh, say, like, fifteen percent of the visor on one side, on the left side, was all scratched up. Um, so I couldn't really see out of it properly. Um, you know, to do a like a a left check, it was it was completely scratched up. So if a left, if I had to do a left lifesaver where you turn your head to the left, I wouldn't have been able to see anything because it was just that bad. Um, So I carried on to work and um, I got to work and my injuries got progressively worse and worse as the day went on, as you can imagine. Oh yes, by the way, that car driver did come back on the road and um, she rolled down the window and in the most poshest accent you have ever heard, the Queen's English. Oh, I'm so sorry. I did not realise you were injured. I'm terribly late. Uh, no, no joke. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm just terribly late. Because you were late, you decided not to stop someone who had just had a a traffic incident. We don't say accident, they say incident, don't they? Um... A traffic incident and they they left me which was you know they didn't stop they just went past luckily and this was early in the morning really early on a sunday morning these back country roads on a sunday morning no one goes down them no one like the tractors aren't even moving on a sunday morning really um so for a car driver to come along and help me because there's no way i could pick up that bike in my state i could barely climb back on it um but i managed to get to work i had a tea. A cup of tea with a lot of sugar in and managed to get through the day. Um, I was, I think I was like 20 minutes late for work and someone said, uh, why are you 20 minutes late? And then I turned around and said, why is your helmet all scratched? And I said, I crashed. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, OK, I, di- I did my job. Um, I was meant to finish, I believe that shift was 9 till 7.30. So that was a long day. It got to about 4.30 and I was like, I can't do it anymore. Like I was I couldn't move, I was seizing up. And the next day I the silly thing is Monday morning I managed to get to work as well. Tuesday I was off though, but Monday morning I did get to work. Although I was like I said, Look, I can't do much. I need to do light duties, I can't move. Twisting around and stuff like that, I can do, but just every now and then I'd breathe and I'd have to stop because I'd be in so much agony. Um Commuting in the winter? Do I recommend it? <sighs> no, but you know that was the that is a rare case because it's the countryside stuff like that. So possibly you're not commuting in the countryside. Uh, of course, when I was commuting in to cities and into busier areas and stuff, I had didn't have this icy problem. Uh, you have another problem though because you're going faster, perhaps, or you're in a you end up getting well you end up getting uh, cold, which is the biggest enemy, really. That's 90% of the problem that you're gonna have when commuting in the wintertime, getting cold. Now, it's all right if you're doing a 15, 20 minute trip. 15, 20 minutes on the road. I don't even bother putting winter gloves on. I could just put summer gloves on for that. 20 minutes in the cold, yes, it's gonna be freezing, but for 20 minutes, it's fine. Anything longer than that, say half an hour, that's when you get to a bit like, oh, that's a bit uncomfortable. I don't like that, that sort of thing. So yeah, it gets a bit trickier, but the tips for keeping warm in the winter is very important. So most people think heated grips and and people say heated grips and, and, and people love the heated grips and they, oh, my heated grips, they keep me nice and warm. And whether that's true, and that is true, heated grips will keep you warm, they, People rely on them too much. And I think it's just an easy cop-out to say heated grips. Now, I commuted for all these years in winters without heated grips. Um, I believe one winter I used, or a couple of winters, I used muffs, hand muffs. And hand muffs are great in the winter because if it rains, your gloves stay dry. Now, this is where your hands get cold. If your gloves are wet, they become heavy. The And then when you go along, the wind chill with It's like if you sit in front of a fan. If you're sitting in front of a fan and the fan is blowing into your face, you feel a breeze, but you will not get cooled down. Take a few drops of water, put them on your forehead, sit in front of the fan, you will start to cool down. You have that wind chill along with the water that makes your hands absolutely blisteringly freezing. So having gloves that absorb the water um, instead of repelling it or something, uh, where the water runs off, like with nitwax, the water kind of runs off a bit. Uh, with Gore Tex, it does protect you; you don't get wet. But after a while, the gloves will ab- kind of just get heavy from all the rain. And once they're heavy from the rain, you can't do anything about it. You, you, you. That's it. They're just, they're, and you're cold. You're freezing cold. So, I liked hand muffs. I do have heat grips on my BMW. That's it. The other bikes don't have heated grips um it, it's more important that you have a screen or some sort of windshield to keep the wind off your chest it doesn't so ma- matter so much about your hands what gloves you've got on so much it's the priority is to keep your core warm you want to have a very nice insulated jacket or a jacket with a thermal liner. So you'd like a, a t-shirt, a hoodie, a thermal liner, and a motorbike jacket, you know. And you've got your rain protection as well. That's going to keep your core nice and warm. Uh, the be- the other thing to keep, reinforce that is to keep the wind off your chest, because as soon as you start to get wind on your chest or your chest starts to get cold, your body goes, "Hang on," organs getting there's a drop in temperature on the lungs. There's a drop in ten- te- There's a drop in temp temperature on the vital organs like the heart, the lungs, and all that. We need to keep the core warm because we need to keep the core warm. Um, So what they do is they say, hands and feet, right? Well, they're the extremities. Take the heating off, turn the heating off in them parts of the body, put it all into the centre to keep the core warm. And that's what your body does. Your body makes your hands cold. So you need to have that, keep the core warm, keeps your hands warm. Like I say, I commuted for many years doing 40, 50 miles a day in freezing conditions, in minus conditions. And we're talking early hours of the morning, coming home late at night. And it was blisteringly cold sometimes. But I still did it without heated grips and I was fine for the most part. There was a couple of them days where it was really cold, but... Heater grips, never had them for them commuting years. And we'll get onto the final bit now, snow riding. Now, of course, I got caught out in the snow a few times. I try not to go out in the snow, um, but I did get caught out a few times in the snow Uh, because of the distance I was doing. Certain areas would be no snow, but when I get closer to work, it would suddenly just become a blanket of snow, an absolute blanket. And with all that snow, what can you do? Well, you end up getting loads of salt on your bike because they salt the roads or the main roads, but the backcountry roads, they don't. So actually, I would actually take a more direct route to work, which was longer. It was about 30 plus miles, 35 miles or something to work um, because I had to go round and on the dual carriageway and all that, which for the most part usually are snow free, although you'll get a lot of salt on the bike, which ain't particularly great. Um but it's generally safe. Now when it comes to the back roads, because I still had to do a few miles on the back roads to get to where I worked. Yeah, there'll be snow. Um or even just it's usually where you live as well, like your the cul-de-sac or the the round where you live area, that's that's where it gets really bad and icy and hard to um get the bike in and out. That's where it has the problem. So first of all, snow getting caught out yep i've got out in the snow managed to get home or to my like the last i'd say i was i was close enough to my house where i could communicate with the person who was standing in the window with just eyebrow movements that's how close i was and uh the uh Um i let off the throttle and the bike decided that throttle did not want to let off. Now, the throttle let off, as in the actual throttle response, turned. It was actually at the carburetor end had blocked and it had stayed open. So, of course, you're driving along the road. I was going at steady 15 miles an hour, say, because it was very deep snow at that point. I was on a cub, luckily, and I shut off the throttle. The throttle at the bottom did not shut off. So the the, uh, spring in the carburetor had somehow frozen open and the bike carried on going. Um, so at that point I panicked, hit the brakes and crashed because snow slipped. That's it. That easy. Happened that quick and I was that close to home. I couldn't believe my luck, but at least I was home and not injured and no damage to the bike. That was pretty an easy one. Um, another time I was going to work. Now I, I thought, okay, when I'm going to work, I'm going to have to leave early. So I left really early. I think I left at, I think I needed to get to work at 7am so i had to leave my house at five thirty. i think i left my house at just before six o'clock and it must have been about five thirty in the morning i was awake and i was on the bike probably about six just about quarter to six i was on the bike i remember that yeah quarter to, about yeah and then i i had to go get petrol and then i had to go to work now most of the road was clear and It was a little bit where I lived and most of the main roads were clear. I did this all on a cub, 30-odd miles. When I got to the last bit, the hill to get to where I worked was big snow. I got to work. I managed to make it. And the silly thing was I got to work to find out that everything had been cancelled. And... uh, (laughs) because of the snow and all i had to do was phone up the staff telling them not to come in today because everything's been cancelled because of the snow no one can get here um well, how are you here well the a lot of the staff walked in um i rode my bike up the hill and actually i overtook some of the people walking up the hill to get to work because their cars wouldn't make it which is quite funny. There's me on a little cub. I even had one hand off and gave him a little wave. Um, so yeah, riding in the snow, it's not a problem. It's the ice that catches you out. It's the ice. Um, I had no problems throughout the entire time of my many years of commuting. How many years have I been commuting on the bikes in the wintertime? 10 plus? No problems in the snow at all. But nowadays, I'm a little bit older, a little bit more sensible. And if I don't need to use the bike to get to work, I won't. And I got a choice now. I could in theory walk to my, um, I guess you could say my work. I don't really need to uh, take the bike. Um, So, yeah, I think that's all the tips I can give you for winter riding. Really hand muffs are better than heated grips, a good jacket is better than a good pair of gloves. Because you can always double glove as well. Actually, for a few years, I did actually double glove. I had silk in silk gloves, or I think they were like BMW gloves that you put inside your other gloves. So you had two layers of gloves, and that was really nice. That was toasty, that was. That was very nice, that was. So you can always double glove. If any other YouTubers out there, possibly giving tips and stuff, I've seen it all the time. They give their winter riding tips. But they only commute less than five miles each way. I don't know. Unless you've been travelling a lot more than that. Heater grips? I don't know. They only heat the inside of your glove, not the outside. Heated gloves, however, that might be worth looking into. I never did get heated gloves, but my hands are still here. Okay, I got a bit cold, a bit uncomfortable. But it really is only for that one and a half months of the year when it really is bitterly bitterly cold that January and most of February that is when you really really feel the weather anyway I hope that's been of some help and advice um oh we must enter uh, questions and answers um so Q&A time let's have a look is there any questions No, that's fine, because I didn't actually say that you could leave questions. Um, But I will ask some questions, actually, instead. Did you enjoy the podcast? Did you listen to it with the download link? Did you watch it on the YouTube link? And do you think I should continue making them? Now, the three questions, if you could um, give me some feedback, that'd be much appreciated. Um... And I will end this podcast here. Stay warm, stay safe, and until next time, this has been Big Pezza on the Big PP Podcast. Name still working in progress. Bye-bye for now. Oh, no, that's uh, Hippodrones, this sign-off. I can't, I can't copy his. That's um, um, plagiarism. Well, I don't actually care. He probably won't listen to this anyway. Goodbye.